It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at Three Point Pod. The fellows will get in rolling right after this from our partners. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your larger, small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Hey everybody, it's time for episode 263 of the Three Point Podcast, presented by Memorial Healthcare's Wellness Center and Sky Mint Cannabis. Well, at the Wellness Center, they have children's swimming lessons underway. Make sure you give them a call at 989-720-7081 to get in line for the next available lessons. And they also, right now, flexibility training available for purchases. Just check the front desk. uh, 55-minute session, 50% off. And as we've talked about before, the place is just really nice. Jared, you talked about it last time. When your brothers come into town, you know, they they get a day pass and... uh, you know, it's just a great thing. You know, even in the summer, why not? Especially when the weather's bad outside. It's terrible today, man. The wind, cold. I went up there this morning and uh, got my steps in. It's just awesome. This past weekend, it was a it was a real mental challenge for me. I went on Saturday after a rough night. Kind of went off the wagon on the diet a little bit. Had some McDonald's on Friday night, so I just went up to <laughs> Um, and I was there, sauntered it up for like 20 minutes, then went in the steam room. I warmed up the steam room for about 45 minutes before I went in there, and yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't bear more than five minutes. I <laughs> was literally dying in there. So uh, it's 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 quite the facility. I mean, we talk about it every week. I mean, what yeah. more do you need from us? Just go check it out, and you'll love yeah. it. Right. It's cool too that they offer the day passes. Not all gyms do that. So yeah, you know, like people who maybe me or you know jared who moved out of town for college or whatever back in town for the holidays can buy a day pass for a couple days or whatever that, that's a really cool offer too you know and we also helped them promote their big uh, spring open house which was last saturday and i was in there today talking to the manager aj i asked him how it went and it, he said it was awesome they had tons of new signups which is what it's all about so good job memorial i feel yeah i feel like it's one of those things if people would just go in there Right. They will sign up. You know, when you hear about a gym or a band, do I want to pay for a gym? You know, maybe you don't. But if you go in that facility and actually see everything they have to offer, it's probably like, yeah, okay, I'm going to sign up for this. 
Yeah. And today actually was the first day that I actually had a chance to check out the big salad, you know, the little uh, diner area in there and had myself a salad. Uh, you can get smoothies. It's just <laughs> Just a great setup, without a doubt, like we've talked about week after week. And also, speaking of a good setup, SkyMet Cannabis, farm to stash, grown right here in the Great Lakes State. Over 20 locations. Check out the SkyMet Reserve. Also, check out Michigan's best bundles for deals on flour, vapes, pre-rolls, edibles, and extracts. Ounces as low as $49. And I can just tell you that that is the real deal. So if you get, get a chance, you're looking for a good buy. Stop in to SkyMint Cannabis. Gift cards are also available. And I know the bud tenders there really know their stuff. If you're, if you're kind of a novice, don't know what's going on, just go on in. They'll, they'll, they'll answer any question you have. And, you know, there's a lot of questions that even I, the old 70s hippie, had. And uh, they'll, they'll fill you in. <laughs> I'd love to hear you, uh, you know, back in the day when you were growing your own your own product. I'd love to hear you explain your process and see how you could have improved it. It's come a long ways from those days. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, if, if that's it for your kind of open, I, I got something quick for ketchup. Here. Well, don't, I, wait, before we go, I got to re- remind everybody about our local partners, too. And they include AZ Printing Solutions, Capital Sports Fieldhouse, CR Auctions, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, and success group mortgage and servicing all right young man take it away so first i'm gonna start it with a kudos so my girlfriend liz graduated from college this Yay. past weekend so that's awesome Congrats. but what that made me think of and it was kind of a euphoric or not a euphoric but like a um a vision or something like i was on an aaron Rodgers darkness retreat as i was watching <laughs> this ceremony take place ted i know you're bored in retirement um Continue. We know a lot of times guys like former pro players, they go back to school. <laughs> you famously went to CMU for, for I think, one semester before you uh, hitchhiked back. back <laughs> down. A couple of years, know, but okay, keep going. It be three years ago. Um, <laughs> why not go back to school, man? Head up to Mount Pleasant, maybe live in the dorm, maybe live off campus, maybe commute, and go get the degree. How does that sound? Uh, sounds ridiculously silly at this point because <laughs> I'm 66 years old. I will say this. I had thought about it when I was about midway through my work, working career about doing exactly that. But uh, other than the learning process, what good would it really do me? The learning process, man. I mean, you're I always learned my to... stuff from television. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. It like a, your... Maybe it's a personal goal of yours. Yeah. To have yeah that one time it might have been. You know, I, I get where you're saying, but it, there are things you can do, too, from work uh, work experience. Like I could easily go back and get a degree in uh, communications with all mm-hmm. my sales background and radio background. You know, they'll give you a certain amount of credits, too, for a fee, right. you know, and you, <laughs> you would have to do limited classes. But, you know, again, it's a great idea. And it had crossed my mind in the past. But here's the way i look at it man so so i just finished the book called the alchemist essentially long story short what this book is this shepherd boy you know uh basically gets a vision that he's got to find treasure that's underneath the pyramids in egypt so he goes on this long harrowing journey you know meets uh, a lot of different people along the way there's wars going on in the desert finally makes it there and he realizes the treasure was all the way back at this sycamore tree where he originally left I think the way I look at it with your journey, you know, you started at CMU, you started in school, mm-hmm. you went on this long roundabout way just to find yourself back in the classroom, studying, learning, 
growing yourself, growing this podcast in the process. Maybe you go to the communications program, learn learn the tech that you so so much struggle with uh, each week on this pod. I, I don't know. I, it, you know, it's it, maybe I need to go back to school for a master's degree or something like that. But it just got the wheels churning, and I'm surprised you're not more into it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't maybe. seem sold on this. No, no. <laughs> not at all. It, it, maybe it you ought to go back to school for manners and respect of your elders. That's what uh, I say. Oh, <laughs> respect of your what? elders. Respect of your elders. That's foreshadowing to uh, our NBA playoffs discussion to come. Yeah. But um, no, it, the whole going back to school thing. I, I that actually that your um, the book you read that analogy, Jared. That's really interesting. <laughs> I, I'd be I'd be curious to like look into that more. But um, the whole going back to school thing, because okay, so I I, com- I got my bachelor's, um, and I you know people at work always talk about it. Is anyone going to go back and get your master's or, you know, go back and maybe get a bachelor's in something different or something like that? And it's I never minded the school part. Like, you know, some people are like, I'm done. Once they graduate high school, they're like, I am done with the school aspect of going to college or, you know, whatever. It's honestly like the time commitment that it would take. You know, I mean, I'm everyone is anymore, but you know, I'm fairly busy to begin with. And if I all of a sudden have to truly commit myself to, you know, two, three classes a semester and be paying for it on top of that, you know, it's, it's almost not worth it. ESPN does do a a reimbursement program. Um, If you, you know, if you go through Disney, I guess, you know, it's not a hundred percent reimbursement, but they, they reimburse a fair chunk of your tuition. So, you know, people take advantage of that, but, it's on it. Like it would be cool to get a master's, I, you know, to be able to say like I have a master's degree and, you know, whatever communications yeah. probably, but kind of like what you're saying, Ted, I, I don't know <laughs> what it would do for my career because no, at it, this, at this point in my career, what advances me more is experience exactly. than getting another, some, some fields. Yeah. Go get another degree and you might get, you know, some more opportunities, but not so much here. <laughs> yeah, no, it makes no logical sense. But in for comedic person per, for comedic purposes, Ted sitting in a seventy man lecture hall is. <laughs> I mean, that enough is enough for me to for me to donate to the college fund. So he, he would start talking now. to he'd start talking to the kids about his hookup at SkyMint. And uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I could set you all up. Come over, check my trunk out, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is a good thought though really when you it think is, about and, it and this we could do like a whole podcast on this this would be a really interesting discussion with our whole three generation thing yeah. so you you kind of prompted something good jared the whole college thing so obviously not as big of a deal when you probably were graduating high school ted i mean yeah obviously a lot of people did depending on what they wanted to do after high mm-hmm. school right i was the generation where it was go to college or you're going to be a failure for the rest mm-hmm. of your life. And they're like almost in the people who didn't, they were almost looked at that way, whether, you know, good or bad, you know, whatever. But that's just what we were told in school, what every teacher told us, what every counselor told us, what everyone told us, by all means, take as many loans as you have to and go to college or else you're going to never get a job. You're going to have no chance to make any money. You have to have a degree. College, college, college was just pounded into our heads. And I feel like, you know, Jared, maybe you you can speak on this a little. I feel like it's changing a little bit. You know, I, I feel like it's shifting to a little more of like, depending on what you want to do, you may not have to go to school because actually there's a decent amount of people at ESPN who never went to college. Maybe they went and got like a six month 
certification, right. you know, at some like trade school like type Howard. of thing or yeah, something where they got just, you know, got some internships and then got some leads and ended up getting some jobs. So it's just an interesting thing. I, I fell in that generation where we all started. It's kind of crazy to think about by the time you're 21, 22 years old, you're tens of thousands of dollars in debt with a degree. I graduated in 08 at the height of the crash of the economy. So, you know, there's, there's that whole generation where it was like, it's just crazy to think that we were being told, start your professional career with a ton of debt yeah, and, you, and you'll figure it out. Yeah, no, I, it's definitely changed a little bit, 100%. I mean, I'll, I'll admit it, man. I learned zilch in college that has applied to my life. Zero. <laughs> it, was, it was a waste of time in just about every sense of the word. I had some fun, not not a whole lot of fun, but that had a little bit of fun. But yeah, I would hope that kids nowadays, uh, you know, even if you're listening to this, I would guess mostly people are sports fans. If you're somehow a kid that's listening to this, I mean, you, there's no reason to honestly really go to college if, you know, sports television or a lot of sports uh, media jobs. Really, you don't need a degree at all. If you're even if you're writing, man, just go hop on your Twitter account. Right. Yeah. You know, and you're seeing it more and more in your generation for sure, Jared. That these uh, the people are finding ways to to really strike it on the internet, whether it be YouTube or Twitter stars or whatever. I would just say that the the whole college experience, it's not for everybody, but. Yeah. It is still a good thing if you yeah. can get a college degree. It's the structure of it. I, I understand what you're saying about the learning, Jared, but it's just the structure of doing it every day. It always looks good to an employer as well, knowing that you stuck it out for four or five years. I, I really like the way you did it where at Corona, and not a, not a ton of people know this, and different schools do the same thing. Your program, maybe you can expound on that just a little bit because you got basically two free years of college, didn't you? Yeah, two, three years, and by, I had a semester done by the time I graduated high school. I mean, it's called dual enrollment. It's, it's yeah. an awesome program. Uh, <laughs> I loved it because if you think about a college class, like what are you actually in class once or twice a week? Right. Uh, you had, you had you know, section of your day blocked off every single day. So basically it was like YouTube class for me. I, I went to the school of YouTube and just watched YouTube videos all day, <laughs> other than yeah. maybe one day a week. Right. Uh, but no, oh, that, that, I mean, that is an awesome, that's an awesome thing to take advantage of. I, I've, it is. I, I guess it was available when I was in school, but again, that was something none of us, I don't think anyone knew about it. No, I know. I was lucky that I, I mean, I was lucky. I had two older brothers that had just been going through school and were honestly struggling through it mm -hmm. with money and, and all that sort of thing. So they kind of went through and, and laid the lumps and then I just kind of had a smooth road right behind them to basically not to watch what they did right, watch what they did wrong and, and not follow in those footsteps. Now, well, so I'll say real quick, Jared, not, not to like argue with what you're saying, because I, I still think, you know, while I said everything I said, I, I see what you're saying that some people may not need to go to college. My college is, I loved my college experience. And I think probably I learned more, you know, about myself or I learned more how to, you know, about the social aspect right. of being an adult <laughs> than maybe going to a geography class or a biography class that I'm clearly not using at all in my adult life, really. You know, that that aspect of going to college, I think, is really big. And, you know, some people I feel like maybe grow up too quickly. They get out of high school and boom, they jump right into the professional world when they're 18, 19, 20 years old. And by the time they're 30, 35, they're burned out already. Because they're like, I never truly got to just 
be a kid really, you know, with, with limit, I'm not going to say zero responsibilities, but very few well, responsibilities. So I feel like that aspect of it, you know, you can't just screw off and, you know, throw your life away. But that aspect of going to college, I think has as much or more value than anything you're going to learn in the, in the classroom, unless you're going to be a doctor, you know, unless you're going to be a doctor, a lawyer, something like that, you know, but you know, that's, so that part of it, I would always tell anyone that's contemplating going to college, I would recommend it if, if you can handle going to class and stuff like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Ted, I mean, is that basically, I mean, you were kind of in the golden age of that jump right out of high school, jump right into the, the real world. GM. I mean, was there never a pull for you to just walk right up the road in Flint and go to the, you know, Fisher body or a GM plant and just start working? Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. A lot of people from my era did exactly that. In fact, I did go over there and put in a couple of applications prior to college because before I went to school at CMU, I took, uh, I took the first year off to work and save money before I went up there. And, uh, you know, I did try to get into GM. I didn't try to get in on my dad's coat strings. You know, I didn't do that. I tried to do it on my own. Uh, he retired from Fisher Body Flint. And uh, I, I suppose I could have said, hey, dad, can you pull some strings, get me in? But I didn't do that. Uh, but I will say this, kind of, kind of recapping this whole conversation. College isn't for everybody, but that five-year stretch from 18 to 23 is pretty important on yeah. how you end up the rest of your life in your working career, really, it, it kind yeah. of sets the stage. You know, I kind of started a little slower than some, but uh, that five year, especially the first three years, uh, I was just a complete knucklehead and just <laughs> wasn't, wasn't mature enough, you know, right. just wanted to party stuff like that, you know? So that, that was my goal. My mission was to turn that around. It took a little longer than some, but sure. it, it worked out. Okay. I think too, there, there's a side to it. Kind of what I was saying in a sense, some people need to get that out of their system type mm -hmm. of thing, you know, like not saying you got it out of your system and now, you know, you, you never did anything like that ever again in your life, you know, something like that. But some people need that stage in their life because you go from high school where you're so regimented, you're going to bed at the same time. You got practice after school every day. You got games, you're eating dinner at the same time. You know, everything in high school is so structured. Mm -hmm. You almost need a little bit of that. I'm going to do whatever the heck I want for four that's, or five years. You know, that's what I've always said. You know, when I, we talk about our, like how I was in such great shape in high school, man, it's easy to, to be on a regiment <laughs> like that when you're at home, you got your mom cooking every meal. All you got to worry about is school and after school practice. You got yeah. built in exercise periods. I mean, it was awesome. And yep. I remember when I first went to school, I was like, I'm never going to gain the freshman, like the freshman 15. I'm, <laughs> right. It's never going to happen to me. I made it to like Christmas break, still very regimented. <laughs> And I came back for Christmas break and it just like I imploded. And that started the road that I finally corrected about two and a half months ago. So yeah. I made it about um, uh, three months before I it hit me. Well, bringing it full circle. Congratulations to Liz. What's yep. the next step for her? Oh, uh, you got to She still has to pass a final uh, test. It's kind of weird. I, I don't totally understand it. You got to wait till July to take this final test. Right. Um, before you're officially like licensed. So basically that's studying for that. That's the next Job. So she she's planning on being a vet technician. Is that uh, the goal? Yep. Awesome. Taking care, taking care of animals. Excellent. Nothing wrong with that. Well, congratulations to her. That's a field that's never going away. Nope. <laughs> People are always going to have pets. There's always going to be absolutely. I don't think there's like there's such a need for this position. There's like a lot of signing bonuses uh, yeah. right now for first time like hires. So 
Yeah. Good time well, to be in. Well, remember, before she reaches out to anybody, she needs to get a hold of Jessica. Right. <laughs> Got to hear their offer first. Yep. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. All right, fellas, let's uh, let's move it along. Let's go to the prep spotlight next, coming up right after this. Capital Sports Field House is the home of hit and pitch and a whole lot more. The 10,000 square foot turf field can be used for all indoor sports training, including football, baseball, basketball, softball, soccer, and many other activities. Hit and Pitch has seven indoor batting cages with full pitching tunnel and the state of the art hit track training system utilized by MLB organizations. Located in the old Capital Bowl J.C. Penny block on South Washington in Owasso, Michigan. For more details, call Capital Sports and Hit and Pitch at 989-472-4624 or online at capitalsportsfh.com. All right, guys, again, it's the Prep Spotlight presented by Capital Sports Fieldhouse and uh, spring sports continuing on despite the, uh, the crazy weather that we still have here in Michigan in track and field. Over at Mason at the Bulldog Invite, Corona Boys, they just keep rolling in the cold rain. The Cavs won the 14-school invite. Corona won all four relays, and Tarek Bauer won the 100. Logan Roca won the mile. Cavaliers also recently won their 44th straight dual meet, spanking Lake Fenton, which surprised me a little bit in this score, 113 to 24. Can you believe that? 44 straight. That's insane. I, I feel like so 44 44- I feel like they were on a streak around so that that must've ended because it, it'd be way higher. But when I was in school, yeah. Toronto was on a streak like that in dual meets. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like they were winning some meets even more than that. It was like the, like the other team didn't even win any, any points. Like some of the meets that they went up, they, yeah. the teams that they went up against were just completely outmatched in dual meets. So powerhouse track program, man. Absolutely. Hey, we love it, but I mean, I'd say it. I mean, if there if I if there was a sport I wish we were not a powerhouse program, like if you had to pick one, track would probably be on the bottom of the list. But <laughs> we'll take it. I mean, we're Corona, man. We'll take what we can get. Goes yeah. hand in hand with football, like I said last week. Yep. Uh, over at Elsie Boys, they improved to seven and zero, racing past Montrose, Lakeville, Byron, and Weberville. Bo Price won the hundred, two hundred long jump. Clay Powell won the sixteen hundred and thirty two hundred. Trice Tokar. Pole vaulted 14 foot, four inches. And the other individual winners for the Marauders included Ryan Gavenda in the high jump, Mason Rittenberg in the 300 meters or 300 meter hurdles and Nick Long in the 800. And by the way, that was my specialty, the 800. We call it the half mile back in my day. The half mile. Half mile. Uh, Chesanine's Reese Greenfelder and Levi Meyer each were four-time winners in their uh, recent meet against Duran, New Lothrop, Mount Morris at Morningstar. In baseball, Langsburg split a C-Mac twin bill with Fowler, winning game one 4 nothing as Ty Randall tossed a two-hitter with 12 strikeouts. The Eagles won the nightcap 2-1 to in a pitcher's duel. Perry swept Lansing Sexton. Get this score, guys. 25 to nothing and 24-4. to I mean, Whoa. Sexton, why have a baseball team? I mean, that's being pretty mean, but man. Yeah, that, I, rem- that's, I remember. That's struggling. I know I've mentioned how we were, you know, above average when I, the baseball program, when I, when I was playing, um, but there was, I think it was Ortonville Brandon was mm-hmm. maybe like Lansing Sexton, but we had a double header. The first game we were up like 28 to zero and <laughs> you know what you had to get to the fifth inning to mercy. Right. So the last like two innings, three, four, fifth inning, our coach, he told us just strike out. He was like, you just have to go Switch up there. Hit. Just, well, no, he, he told us intentionally strike out. 
because we got to get to the second game. So it was almost like it was almost more, uh, I don't know, yeah, rude, I guess, to the yeah. other team to right. intentionally strike out. But, yeah, if, if you're on a team like that, man, it's got to be tough to keep going out there and playing, especially in the bad weather, you know. No kidding. What do you guys think the worst sport to get your butt whooped in is? Is it baseball? Because baseball, there's like with at least with basketball, like the game's going to be over in, in a blink. Whereas baseball, man, if you could be out on, we've all been there when you're walking somebody around the bases or doing something <laughs> like that, you're out there for like an hour. It's never ending, never ending. Right. And so you're just standing around. Like, like you said, in basketball, at least you're running, you're moving right. football, football, at least you're running, you're moving. Even if you're getting your, your head smashed in, that's no fun. But baseball, you are like literally just standing there. Yeah. 38 <laughs> degree weather with sleet coming down. And you're just like, what am I doing? This is terrible. 49 runs and a doubleheader. My goodness. Uh, Chesanine improved 12 and 2, sweeping Ithaca 5 to 3 and 13 to 3. And Corona beat Clio 3 to 2 on Braden Andrew Jack's walk off single scoring Logan Val. So, Cavalier baseball team still playing pretty solid ball. And finally, in softball, New Lothrop won the Alma Invitational, spanking St. Charles 15 to nothing and 6 5 wins over St. Louis and Traverse City St. Francis. Victoria Hennigy drove in four in the championship game. Over the seventh-ranked uh, Traverse City uh, St. Francis squad, the Hornets now 13-4, and four, winning 10 out of their last 11. So, you know, it's May 1st here. We're recording on Monday night. Uh, the weather hopefully will break a little bit, and some of these spring sports can uh, can really start getting into full gear as we head towards June. But uh, still, iffy weather up here, Matt. <laughs> iffy weather, and yeah, it's tough to get into a groove if you're having doubleheaders or track meets or whatever canceled. It's tough to kind of get in that that groove. But yeah, it, I mean, we know how it goes. April is so iffy. May, it does seem to really start to turn around once May hits. So yeah. hopefully the rest of the season, they'll be good to go. Yeah, and if you're a ball player, hey, just just log in some time there at Capital Sports Fieldhouse. You know, get in the batting cages and get some sure. swings in with the bad weather outside. Uh, that is our report. So we'll be back with a whole bunch of hot topics in the sports world right after this. AZ Printing Solutions, formerly Hankered Sportswear, is a full-service print shop that specializes in screen printing, digital printing, and embroidery. They pride themselves on giving a great product at a great value. The area's go-to printing solution offers a 100% guarantee to exceed your expectations. AZ Printing Solutions has your favorite local spirit wear as well as many other apparel items in stock. Specialty items are available for family, sports, business, and charity events. Call 989-725-2979 or step into the store in downtown Owasso. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. Well, I suppose, guys, the, the hottest topic is the recent NFL draft. So why don't we start there? Uh, the Lions, first couple picks, I don't know about mm -hmm. you guys. I know we saw the instant reaction videos. Jared was definitely not high on the Lions' first couple choices. 
now that we've had time to let it soak in, watch the whole thing, where, where do we stand on it right now? I'm gonna say, Jared, have you have you come around a little bit? You've slept on it for a couple of days. I, I love it. Here's here's where I'm at with it. I, I and this is what's hilarious. I was telling everybody, you know, everyone's asking my opinion before the draft. What, what do you want? Who do you want them to take? And the only the only thing I ever said, the only way I'd be upset is if they took Bijan Robinson in the first <laughs> round. I didn't even Gibbs wasn't even on my radar. Right. He wasn't. So when they took him 12th, it was more just like puzzling. What what the hell is, is going on? It, honestly, this is what it reminded me of at first. You know how my bra- bracket kind of was absolutely horrendous, dead last. It's because I got too cute with it. I started overthinking everything, overthinking the upsets, and that's what this feels like to me. Whenever everyone looks at it from the outside looking in, all other 30 teams, kind of like, what the hell are you guys doing? Uh, it made me pause. Then, you know, the story's going to come out. Oh, the Jets, we're going to take him at 15. Uh, you know, people were going to draft him. From what I heard, this draft was not the strongest draft at right. all. And the mock drafts were kind of like crapshoots. I mean, we saw it. Like Branch, Brian Branch, who was supposed to be a first rounder. He's, you know, not, we didn't get him till the second round. I just, I never like running backs. The yeah. thing that gives me a little bit of hope as well is that he's basically an Alvin Kamara pass catcher more right. than just your run it down your throat Zeke Elliott style. That makes me feel a little bit better. But I mean, he is small. I mean, five foot nine, under 200 pounds, but he is fast as hell. So he's yeah. going to be fun. I mean, I can't wait to see it. You know, it's kind of like be careful what you wish for. When I was a young kid and we would be taking the Ragnalls or the Hawkinsons, right. all I ever wanted was a fun player. I didn't care if it translated to wins on the field. That's all I wanted was somebody fun. Well, we got it. I don't know if this is a pick that wins you a Super Bowl, but I guess, but I tell you what, it's going to be what I'm watching game number one. It's what I can't wait to see more than anything else is what he's going to look like in this offense with, with Johnson calling the plays. I can't wait, man, for that part. But right. if you're trying to win a Super Bowl, I don't think it was the right pick. Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, we'll see, but we said all along in Brad Holmes, we trust. And I think all three of us and a lot of other people, right when they made those two picks, Gibbs and then Jack Campbell, the <laughs> linebacker, we're all scratching our heads and we're back to, man, is Matt Millen back up there running this thing? But, you know, then, right, like you said, Jared, you start seeing the reports that the Falcons wanted to trade up and get Jack Campbell, that a lot of teams thought Jack Campbell, best linebacker in the draft. And didn't think that he would make it to the second round. So people were wanting to take him. I think the thing is, is the lions might be at the point, you know, we're so used to the lions basically needing every position. (laughs) The lions might be at a point where they need to get the guys like that. They need, they, you know, I think they were pretty confident they were going to trade Deandre Swift and they signed David Montgomery, who's maybe more of a like ground and pound type of running back. So they needed a guy like Gibbs, maybe like a Darren Sproles type of guy, you know, that you can pass to, you can put him in the slot. You know, he's a little more of a speed guy. Maybe they're at the point where they're getting those type of guys. They needed a run stopping linebacker. I know we love Anzalone and and Rodrigo, but they need that middle linebacker, a Brian Erlacher, a Luke Keekley type of guy that's going to plug the holes and stop the run. So they went and got him. They went and got, you know, Jack Campbell. So you know, yeah, when, when were those the two names that people were expecting to hear in the first round? Probably not. But when you look at the roster and maybe the players that they needed, you know, maybe it, it ended up working out. And as we said last week and in some of the videos and other stuff, Brad Holmes has a very good track record of drafting well. So, again, you never know how this stuff is going to play out, you know, but um, 
I guess we'll see. I'm, I'm excited. You know, I, I, we talked about a lot them never or very rarely addressing the backup quarterback when they had Matthew Stafford. And I'd be curious to hear your guys' thoughts on Hendon Hooker. I mean, they, if Hooker didn't get that, that uh, leg injury, he probably would have been a first strong pick. So obviously he's coming off a serious knee injury, but you know, he has first round talent. I think it's the perfect situation for him. We know Jared Goff is a starter this year for sure. So go be the backup, sit, get healthy, learn the NFL, learn the offense, all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, maybe you got a guy that can step in if you're not going to bring Goff back. But I, I overall, I, I think they addressed a lot of needs. Yeah, Branch at safety, you know, we knew we knew they needed some help there. So overall, I'm happy with it. Yeah, I mean, if you were going in the draft blind and the first three choices you have, you plug right in the starting lineup, I think you're doing pretty good. And I think right. – that's what they got with the first three choices may not have been our, our first choices from the get go. I know we were leaning defense, at least Matt and I were, Yeah. Uh, but looking at the whole picture Holmes put together, I mean, he, he did sign some defensive players that secondary is going to be much improved, right. which was like a sieve at times, uh, <laughs> you know, another year under his belt, Hutchinson's going to be anchoring that defensive line. And with this linebacker, they got Campbell. I mean, he's a little slow. I mean, he's not speed burner, but he is right. a tackler. He is a right. tackler. And if they can send him on blitzes, you know, and, and fill the hole, I think overall I, I'd give it a solid just from the three-point uh, three <laughs> rating system. I'd give it a 2.4 or 5, I think, yeah. a, a pretty solid draft. Yeah. I just I, – w- w- why is it that we are all, I mean, are you guys not under the same belief? Like running backs. I mean, take a look at the chiefs, Pacheco. Yeah. I mean, fifth mm-hmm. rounder, man. I mean, a lot of these guys we saw in our backfield uh, last year where it's like you had these third and fourth string. I mean, number 41, to be honest, I don't even remember the guy's name, but he was coming <laughs> to make plays for us. Yeah. So I just, it just in, in a, in a league where a lot of the times it's hard to draft, it's hard to find those kind of interior uh, defensive players and edge rushers and that sort of thing. I just would have loved to have seen them take a shot on Carter. I, I know yeah. a lot of people worry about his, his uh, off the field stuff. Obviously he showed up 15 pounds overweight to his pro day. Obviously had a lot of problems going on uh, during this time of the year. Right. I would have loved to have seen them take him. I, I That's where I'm at now. Yeah. I can't t- claim that he was going to be a success in Detroit. If he is a success in, in Philadelphia, because he's got the perfect room around him. I mean, right. Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, two potentially hall of fame players uh, to kind of bring him under his wing. So he's in the perfect situation. I don't know if he would have had that in Detroit with just, uh, you know, a guy one year older than him and Hutchinson who Jalen Carter, honestly might look at and think I'm better than. Right. So I just, for that point, I, I can understand why they maybe passed on him. He's not their culture guy. But it's hard for me to look at a team like the Eagles, who they don't overthink it, man. They they look at Georgia, they look at SEC, right. and they say whoever the most whoever the highest guy on the board is from that conference, we're gonna take him. No more yep. questions asked. And and I just I feel like if I was a GM, if I was, you know, in one of these war rooms, I think that's my philosophy if mm-hmm. I had to put it out there. So and then as for the Campbell pick, that's kind of the same sort of thing I'm saying is I, I don't hate it. Everything I've read now that I know more about him at first, all I read was, Oh, four, seven, 40 white guy, right. Iowa quorum <laughs> took his ankles a couple of times. The only two highlights I know of him. I just would have rather seen Dean in that spot. Now, after I've thought right. about it a little bit more, I'm not super sold that I want Dean more than him. We'll see. I'll trust Matt Campbell and, and Brad Holmes 
in that sense, since I'm not totally sure on him, but I don't know. It, it, time will tell, as they always say. It's just it just sucks that the year the Lions really had a chance to really knock out the draft. It, it's it's kind of like this back and forth. Nobody knows whether they nailed it or they really screwed it up, and that just right. makes it easy because we really needed to nail this if we wanted to contend for a Super Bowl one day. As crazy right. as that sounds. Yeah, I mean, I, I think one word you you threw out there was culture, and I think you know we know Dan Campbell has a culture that he wants to his his team to have, and he has definitely instilled that in, with the Lions and changed things with the Lions. So maybe kind of like what I was saying, they're at the point with talent that they just need to get the guys that they need in the draft. Maybe it's the same with culture. He doesn't want to. Maybe they didn't think Jalen Carter was going to fit in, like you kind of said with with the culture. Well, you know, whatever whatever that means. Maybe they think Jack Campbell is more the leader, you know, because a middle linebacker is going to come in and be the leader of that defense. Maybe that's the guy they really felt they needed. You know, they've already got Anzalone, who's, you know, played with under, you know, with Dan Campbell and, and he's, a, you know, a solid vet for sure. He's not like a, a pro bowl type of player necessarily, but you know, he, he's a leader that can teach Campbell how to play right. linebacker in the NFL. Rodrigo is already, you know, established, yeah, we all love him because of hard knocks, but same thing. It's not like he, at least right now, it's not like he's looking like he's like Brian Urlacher or something right. like that, you know, so he's got room to improve. So that that's what I mean. I mean, maybe, you know, they shipped Okuda out because maybe, you know, injury stuff and they weren't going to resign him. Maybe he just, it was time to move on time. there, you know, and, and they're getting guys that fit what they want to do. And that's the biggest thing right now. I mean, they're, they're clearly one of the the hot teams or whatever in the NFL. A lot of people are going to be picking the Lions to yep. win the North. And so you got to get guys that can come in from day one and, and contribute. And that's what they got. They got yeah. guys. I mean, Campbell's going to be starting day one. Branch is probably going to be starting day one. You know, Gibbs and Montgomery are probably going to be splitting carries. Right. But, you know, I, we'll see. And, and it's one of those things, too. Like, it, we we fall in love so much with these mock drafts and Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay, and all these mock drafts. That when a Jack Campbell gets picked at 18, we go back to these mock drafts and think, oh, what? All these mock drafts <laughs> had him in the second round and even in the third round. Those mock drafts, that's what they are. They're mock drafts. Yeah. That, and that's ba basically what Brad Holmes was saying afterwards. Basically was saying like screw Mel Kuyper and all these mock drafts. We know his value. We know what he is as a player. That's why we took him at number 18. So yeah. I think that's part of it too. But Well, and you know that – Gibbs was who Holmes and the whole staff wanted when they reacted on that yeah. video that they got him. My yeah. goodness. You know, I think they, they thought they pulled it over, you know, get, getting that pick number 12 and getting him at that spot. So yeah. you got to give them the benefit of the doubt. You know, now if they falter this next year, it's back to the SOL, but right now right. I don't think so. <laughs> I, I think, I think they're on the uprise and got to feel positive. I think about this draft. And I do want to say one thing, Jared, I know you want to jump in. I wanted to throw this out there, the whole Swift thing, you know, the writing was on the wall. He was going to be traded. They essentially got rid of him for a fourth round draft choice. The only thing that bugged me on that was sending him to the Eagles. I mean, yeah. it's too bad. It wasn't some other team. It just makes a team like the Eagles have more depth and you know how yeah. it's the team they're really trying to get past. Yeah. I, I would have just kept Swift. Me too. I mean, running backs, we talk about how often they get hurt. I mean, we we're talking about last year. Well, we played four or five running backs throughout the year. Right. And Swift, I mean, say what you will about him. Yeah, he wasn't always healthy, but, I mean, we know he's a good football player. I mean, he made plays. I, I think a lot of people didn't necessarily want to see him uh, gone. A fourth rounder, yeah, with Brad Holmes, he probably is going to turn it into probably, you know, a great player. But I just – 
given the injury history and Gibbs isn't the biggest guy, I would have rather held on to him. Yeah, uh, I think I tweeted that, as a matter of fact, because he's in the yeah. final year of his rookie deal. What the hell do they have to lose, you know? Yeah, but it could be the culture thing, because there were reports, Maybe. you know, whether they're true or not, that after they drafted Gibbs, he was like, all right, I'm done. Ship me out of here. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, Deuce McAllister was the running back coach. And he's not with Detroit anymore, so maybe he wasn't really feeling the love anymore in Detroit. But you know, who who knows? It's always one of those things too, where it's like, say Gibbs ends up being even just a a good player, you know, a solid player, not necessarily like an all pro player. You're gonna forget where he was drafted four or five years from now. You know, you're even gonna forget that he was a first rounder. It's all about if he ends up being a bust. Listen, if Jack Campbell ends up being a bust, we're all gonna say, ah, another first rounder. I, I'm going to love Gibbs. Uh, you know, you're not going to hear me say a bad word about him from here on out, unless he's like injury, unless he's just depleted with injuries. Right. Um, other than that, I am going to love watching him play. I can see it right now. Game number one, Christian McCaffrey, the little arrow Sweet route pass. out of the backfield to take it to the house. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be fought at 4 3 6, and he's the fastest guy in the draft. Never going to hate it when you take the fastest guy in the draft, considering how the league has changed over the years, and yeah. that is such a premium. Uh, Ted, I mean, I feel like we kind of buried the lead. Yeah, your 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 prayers were finally answered. With, I mean, we talked about it for a second. Hendon Hooker, the backup quarterback, we finally got it. I mean, did you faint when they took him? You know what? The, the, my my honest opinion on Hooker is, I'm still not sold on him. I mean, yeah, he had some talent. He had one good year at Tennessee, uh, and he's hurt, so you can't really give him backup time this year. Maybe you can after a few games, but. Uh, I'm just being honest. Yeah, he looks like he could be the the guy that maybe would put pressure on Goff after a year or so. But uh, I w- that one to me was just kind of a mm, okay. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things. Like you know, we've said for so long. Like at some point, they have to address it. So if they would have drafted a QB in the first or second round, I think people mm-hmm. would have been upset. Say it was a Will Levis or you know something like that. Why are you spending a first or second round draft pick on a backup quarterback when you have, you know, Jared Goff? They got Hendon Hooker, like I said, it, without the injury, he probably would have been a first or second round draft pick. And they got him, you know, a few rounds later, be, basically because of the injury. So it's almost like uh, you take a shot on the guy. Yeah. And, you know, let it, like I said, Goff is the guy this year. Everyone knows that. Goff is the starter this year. So there's no pressure on Hooker. Go in, get healthy learn how to be a quarterback in the NFL, learn the offense. And who knows, maybe it really clicks with him and they don't have to bring golf back. You know, I, you never know. Let me ask both you guys this though, you know, and we've talked about it before with golf. Why, why do we always preface it that yeah, golf's got this year. Why, why aren't we looking at, man, he might be our quarterback for the next four years or so. I mean, this he's, is a big he's year got the him. numbers. This is a big year for him. I agree with you there, but I mean, he had, he did take the Rams to the Super Bowl. All right. He came into Detroit with all that burden of filling Matt Stafford's shoes. It took him a little while, but once he learned the system and once they put the players around him, and, and you look at you look at the rankings out there of NFC quarterbacks, he's right there in the top five, isn't he? Especially in the NFC, because a right. lot of the a lot of the great QBs right now in the NFL are in the AFC. So my my biggest thing has always been how much money he's gonna demand, mm, I guess, you know, yeah. with that next deal. Because right. you, you see a lot of teams now are going the route of taking a rookie, you know, like the Eagles did with Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. build around the rookie while they're on that cheap contract. And then obviously if he turns into a Jalen Hurts, you've got to pay him. 
So that that's always my thing. Cause right. Say you move on from Jared Goff and you hope that Hendon Hooker is going to turn into a great player. You're taking a pretty big risk. Cause basically you know what you have in Goff. Exactly. It's not going to always be pretty, but you know, He's the way NFL that he quarterback, played, right. The way that he played in the second half of the season, pfft, yeah, give him an extension. If he's going to play like that, and, you know, he's still fairly young. He's got a good chunk of time left in his career. He's basically been healthy, mo- you know, most of his career. So, no, I'm, I'm not against the the extension. To me, it's just what he's going to ask. Yeah. If he if he wants to be the top-paid quarterback in the NFL, which I doubt that's what he's going to say, but if, if that's the demand he's going to make, then that's where I'd be like, eh, I don't know about that. Well, from the outside looking in, maybe I'm naive, but just watching how he operated last year and how he has bought into Dan Campbell, the coaching staff, the whole culture in Detroit, he seems to be a guy that has the the good attitude, and he seems to be a guy that would kind of like Brady did in the in in the past, where he would backload some of that salary and and yeah. work with the team, so so he doesn't penalize the team. I just get that feeling from yeah. watching him. Especially given that he already had like a max deal when he signed with the Rams. He, right. he was the top paid quarterback in the NFL at, at one point. So everyone, you know, I'm not trying to like count his bank account or whatever, you know, he get whatever money you want, but he's not hurting for money. No. So, you know, if he, yeah, wants to take a little less so the Lions can sign, you know, because at some point they're going to have to sign Hutchinson to a long term yep. deal. They're going to have to sign St. Brown or, you know, whoever, some of these other guys. So, you know, if if he wants them to build a team around him, I'm sure he understands that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'll be curious to see what they do. Good problem to have. Good problem yep. to have. All right, let's slip, slip it over to NBA playoffs. I actually got it on the TV over to my left. And, uh, uh, Matt, you got to be just excited. Uh, the, the Lakers and Golden State staff against LeBron, it's going to be must-see TV for sure. I mean, I, I found myself uh, – maybe I'm falling into – I'm I'm turning into like a grizzly vet or something because I was getting almost offended at Jared's generation guys, Ja Morant, Dylan Brooks, calling mm. Draymond Green and, and De'Aaron Fox, calling Draymond Green and LeBron old. And I, I almost took that personally. I almost, once that happened, of course I wanted the Lakers to win, but once that happened, I was like, man, I hope these, I hope these old players smoke these young players and put them out of the playoffs, you know? this generation that doesn't respect these old greats, you know, that, that type of thing. But it it was just, those were two of the greatest series, you know, obviously recency bias, but you know, those are two of the greatest playoff series that we've seen in a while. Anyway, two that game seven between the warriors and the Kings was just Mm. sit back and eat your popcorn. I mean, it was amazing to watch Steph Curry go off like that. LeBron James at 38. I mean, yeah, he's maybe not doing what he was doing with the heat and the Cavs. But he's dominating the game, and he's playing great. The Lakers have really come together. I mean, you say me, because, yes, I I love the Lakers. I want to see them make another run. But Jared's talked about a number of times, LeBron and Steph, those are his yeah. two guys. And we're getting another version of this, this rivalry, LeBron versus Steph. Two guys with Steph's 35, LeBron's 38, and they're still still doing it at game. This, this high of a level. I mean, it's 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 nothing short of amazing. I, I've gone through the whole whirlwind of the Warriors' hatred, love over the course of the last, you know, ten years or so. If, when they were playing the Cavaliers, they I hated them more than Ohio State. I hated them so <laughs> bad during that stretch. Um, 
then it kind of came full circle with last year when they kind of were the underdogs again. And, and it was kind of cool, like almost like nostalgic watching them kind of make that run and Curry really kind of put all the pieces together. But then once this uh, series is officially kind of announced and the Warriors advanced yesterday, it's back to hating them again, man. You <laughs> see on social media, all these kind of flashbacks of when Steph Curry was quote unquote challenging LeBron for the best player in the league title back when LeBron was really in his prime in, you know, mm-hmm. 2015 to 18 with those Cavs teams. And he was just given uh step every bit of it back when Curry was really trying to challenge him. You know, the, the big SWAT that we remember staring him down uh, just the random all of a sudden Curry said something to LeBron at one point uh, in a later date. And Le- LeBron just turned and was giving him like words that I, I've never seen LeBron really reach out and feel threatened. Like I feel like he right. was uh, with Curry back in those days. Now it's kind of a weird uh, LeBron really in the back half of his career. Curry, honestly, probably at his peak uh, from what we saw in Game 7, a 50 ball, most points ever scored in a Game 7. It's just going to be a, a, a really, really fun series. You just hope everyone stays healthy, knock on yeah. wood, Lakers especially, uh, Anthony Davis, LeBron. This will be uh, you know, a, a legacy-defining series uh, yeah. for, for both teams, for both players, for Anthony Davis, for LeBron especially, for Steph Curry. I mean – if Steph Curry really wants a shot at that, you know, quote unquote player of this generation, you know, kind of taking the torch from LeBron, it's this series that he's going to officially do it. I mean, he's arguably done it the last three, four years or so, but this would be a real kind of kick to the crotch of LeBron fans like me. If he, if he did kind of put him away, LeBron's real last true chance at a title. Uh, well, I just can't wait, man. If you look at it though, on paper, do you think uh, you think this could go deep? You think the Lakers could beat Golden State? Because I look at it, it, it'd be a major upset if this Laker team actually could beat Golden State. Yeah, we got the Steph and and uh, LeBron, you know, storyline, but you never know what Laker team's going to show up from night to night. Yeah, the same can be said for the the Warriors. Have been pretty inconsistent too, mm-hmm. and you never know if with Draymond what's going to happen with him. That's true. Um, you know, but I, I think the Lakers, they've come together since the trade deadline with all, all the trades that they've made. And, you know, we've talked about that before, how Palinka really rebuilt this team. The Warriors, to me, they just they just rely on Steph, Clay, and Draymond. Guys, mm-hmm. even even Looney, who just dominates oh, down low. Great game. And, you know, Poole can come in off the bench and, you know, put up some shots. And Wiggins is almost like the unsung hero, but he could be a, a number one or two on any team really. And they're just, they're just so good at everything they do. You know, obviously they they've had a couple off games, but I feel like they, they would be the team that like, if, if there's going to be a sweep, it's going to end up being that the Warriors just overwhelm the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I want the Lakers to win of course, but I don't know. That's it. They, they've got a lot more miles and, you know, LeBron is going to have to carry them. Do you really trust Anthony Davis night in, night out? Do you trust D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, you know, Rui Hachimura, some of these other role players? So, it, but it really, it's like the class, like you've got the, the Warriors who run just like a beautiful Steve Kerr, Greg Popovich type of motion offense. It's amazing. They run and the Lakers just want to slow it down. They want to pound your way. They want to put Anthony Davis on the post. LeBron's going to dribble around and do whatever the heck he wants to do. It's like completely two different styles. And it's just one of those things too, like not to, not to take a shot and be like, Oh, a bunch of haters out there. But for some, I, I don't, I don't get it, man. Some people do not want to give LeBron James his, his due. People don't want to give Steph credit, Steph Curry, his credit. You were sitting back and watching two 
all time. I'd put two of them. I'd put them in the top five all time. These two guys. Yeah. And, you know, obviously they're, they're more for my generation or whatever, but you're watching two of the best ever anyway, doing it at 35 and 38 years old. I mean, you should sit Pretty back amazing. and enjoy this. Amen. And I mean, just look at it. What a topsy-turvy season it was for both these teams flirting with not making the playoffs. Honestly, right. both of them. So it, I just think of all of us as NBA fans, it's already been the highest selling tickets outside of the NBA finals ever. Yeah. Um, just think of how spoiled we are, man, that we, we got this matchup in round yeah. two. It's, it's a dream. It's a dream matchup. We haven't got it since LeBron's been in the West with the Lakers and we finally do. It, it really is, you know, and I, I do like that Kings team. This wasn't their year, obviously. And, you know, looking ahead, what would I rather see? The Kings and the and the Lakers? No, no, no. Golden right. State and the Lakers all the way. Yeah. And my, uh, my DVR is already set. 10 yeah. o'clock, TNT, Tuesday yeah. night, baby. Yeah. I'm telling you, I am so enjoying my morning coffee and, and catching the – listen – even hockey last night. I did yep. stay awake for the games, the first game seven where Boston went down, but the second one, Colorado and the, the Kraken, Seattle yeah. Kraken, there's no <laughs> way I was staying awake for that, but I recorded right. it and watched this morning. Let's another say, game seven. Let's say that each, all of these games are, uh, now let's not even say that. What's the over under on uh, games you'll watch live of this Warriors Lakers series? Is it, is it one? Well, depends it just depends on, on the time. Tips at three thirty Sunday. It's basically you just got to hope that one of them falls on a Sunday. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'd watch that live. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm going to be honest too. I mean, we've we've we have broken down Ted's DVR, you know, strategy many many times. <laughs> I, I there there are some nights that when those ten because you know they don't tip until ten fifteen or whatever right, yeah. 10, 10, 10, 15. I'm struggling in that second half, man, because I you know you're you're comfy on the couch and you know. You, got a blanket on and stuff like that. And I'm just sitting there. I'm just like, man, this is, because yeah. I know I'm about to have a wake up call in about five, six hours. So those, those 10 o'clock tips, it, it is tough. It would be nice yeah. if I could basically, it'd be if I could stay off Twitter and not check the final score, wake up a little early, just fire through it on the DVR. Right. You know, that, that'd be the way to do it. That That's what was nice about the Grizzlies is that you got those kind of seven thirty tips yeah. when it was yeah. in Memphis. We, we don't have that. And that's, what's yeah. really been a pain in my, in my ass ever since LeBron's gone to LA is that he used to always be that seven, seven thirty slot on mm-hmm. primetime nights. Now it's like the Celtics or the Sixers or the Bucks. Uh, and it's just, it's really kind of dwindled my NBA watching, but whatever. I mean, set the, I don't got a DVR like Ted does. Yeah. Sometimes I'll watch the YouTube highlights in the morning, but just got to suck it up for this series. It, it's that good of a series. Yeah. And the other games, I mean, I don't know if you guys are excited at all about them. The Suns Nuggets or Heat and the Knicks. And right now on 85 85, uh, Philadelphia and the Celtics. So that's going to come right down. I would love to see the Sixers. I, I don't know. It, it sounds like Embiid is, is, has a tear in his knee from the mm. sources I've been hearing. Um, but I, t- I but before leading, who knows, maybe they'll somehow find a way. I would love to see them get past the Celtics. That's mm-hmm. a, that's a franchise, man, that they've been hovering around, you know, kind of finally breaking through ever since they started the process back in 2014 or whatever it was. So I'm just, I'm, that's who I'm rooting for. Uh, to come out of the East. I mean, what about the Heat, though? I mean, what a crazy story. They're up already up one game to zero. I know. Jimmy Butler, Eric Spolstra. Where does he rank, Ted, on your Mount Rushmore, since you're the Mount Rushmore of coaches expert? Where does he rank on your Mount Rushmore? Is he anywhere hmm. near? Well, let's I, saw, see. I know he's current. Well, I know he's a young guy. But, I mean, yeah. in terms of well, looking at what he does day to day, I mean, he's a hell of a coach. He uh, is. Yeah, while well, you ponder that, I did see that he moved into the top five of playoff wins 
you know, with the likes of like Phil Jackson and Popovich and, you know, our back and all these guys. So it's not that crazy. I mean, no, I mean, those, those three, you got to put there, but then, you know, he's not too far behind him, is he right. putting, putting together some nice numbers? I mean, yeah. cause he, he won the title with Wade. He obviously won the title with, you know, LeBron and those guys. Right. And if he could win, he made it, you know, in the bubble with Jimmy Butler, but if he could win one with this crew, cause Jimmy Butler, what'd he do? He, he turned his ankle in game one. Yeah. So, I mean, if he, if, if he's not playing, then the heat are really going to have basically no chance, but Spolstra, you know, he's going to gut through it if he can. Yeah. So I don't know what it is about Spolstra. I love him, man. He's, he's a dog. I, I love just something. He's just, he seems like maybe the coolest guy. I, I, there's something, he's a small meek guy, but yet he just, you just feel like when he walks in a room, man, he's like commanding so much respect. I just, yeah. Yeah. I love him. I well, somehow, some way, find a way for the Pistons to offer him a God contract, man, Let's <laughs> from, from South Beach. That'd be nice, but I doubt that'll happen. But, you yeah, know, yeah. you talk about today's coaches, too. I mean, Steve Kerr. I mean, look at his record and what he's done. He's got to be. Because I, I, I saw someone, I mean, yeah, a lot of his player records were he was playing with Michael Jordan and then with mm-hmm. the Spurs. But his his playoff record as a player and a, and then a coach it was like 85% win percentage with both as a yeah. player and a coach. It's just insane. But right. Then his, yeah, his whole backstory of his dad getting murdered right. too, you know, right. I mean, geez, what a wild yeah. story. All right. Well, uh, briefly on the NHL playoffs, like I mentioned, we, we don't talk hockey much, but last night with a couple of game sevens, and I think there's a game seven tonight as well, you know, watching hockey and it's probably the fourth, we would all agree out of the big four sports that we really get into, but uh, it's just something about a hockey game seven, especially if it goes into overtime, that's just, it just puts you on the edge of your seat. And I can, I can't even imagine it's been so long since I was into the red wings, you know, when they had their great teams, if they can ever bounce back and get into this kind of excitement, the Stanley cup chase, I'll be back into it full bore, but just even watching some of these teams, I don't know anything about, you see Boston that won the most, uh, regular season games ever gets knocked out in the first right. round. Then last year's Stanley Cup champion knocked out in the first round. It's just right. a wild sport. It's comical, man. I don't know. I don't know how that. I don't know how that's even like possible. Really, it's it blows my mind. There's some hockey guy could probably explain it to us. Uh, but no, it it is fun. It, it's it's a wild sport. And what it's made me realize, why, like you said, because it's it's a sport that I don't pay attention to, but I found myself watching it from time to time uh, yeah. over the course of the last couple of weeks. We are just so hungry for a playoff team. Here in Detroit, right. I, I mean, wouldn't it be a blast to sit there and watch the Red Wings for seven games uh, in a playoff series? And like you said, it's fourth of all of our sports, but we'd yeah. all watch every single game if they made it. So just for sure, just keep pushing. They're probably the closest of them all, other than the Lions, uh, to maybe making it there. So yeah, yeah, maybe the Lions. But yeah, I grew up basically, you know, through the '90s, early 2000s. That stretch where the the Red Wings made the playoffs. What did it end up being? Twenty plus. 25 plus three years, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Basically my whole life, they made the playoffs. So, you know, I, I was always a casual fan. I did really enjoy it because, you know, being honest, I loved playing the video games and that (laughs) made me love watching it, you know, on TV too. And then obviously with the Red Wings winning a bunch of Stanley cups and always being in the playoffs, you know, playoff hockey is, is top notch. And it seems like a lot of times these series go game seven, and those game sevens, like you said, Ted, you're on the edge of your seat because yeah. you just never know. A bounce of a puck, next thing you know, it's a goal. And it's not like football where, you know, they're going down the field, down the field. Maybe they bust a play. But, you know, you can see it happening in football. 
but hockey, it's just like, you just never know when that goal is going to happen. So it is kind of, it's almost stressful watching playoff hockey, but yeah, I honestly, and you know, cause I've watched a little bit, the Carolina hurricanes in the playoffs, you know, down here, they're in Raleigh, not in Charlotte, but, um, so there, there are some fans around hockey isn't as big in the Carolinas that is as it is in Michigan, obviously, but it has made me think like, all right, I'm, I'm ready for some Red Wings playoff hockey again. I, I, I can get back into it. All right. Well, uh, we got a couple other things in our sports potpourri, and I'll just throw this right out there. What in the hell is going on at MSU's football program right now? <laughs> I feel like we need to call Joey Jenka up and have no him kidding. on because people probably don't want to hear from the three of us on what's going on with, with Michigan State football. But, yeah, all of a sudden, you know, a bunch of players – Coleman, Thorne, and uh, one of their corners, really, they're probably their best corner transferred. Yeah. You know, they're Brantley. in the transfer portal. And, you know, the Thorne thing, I think the writing was on the wall that Noah Kim is probably the better starting quarterback, or he probably was going to be the starting quarterback. So maybe Thorne, you know, thought, I, if, if I'm going to have a chance in the NFL, I should go somewhere where I can actually start. Um, Keon Coleman, he was going to be their number one, number one receiver. Honestly, one of the best receivers in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, he's leaving. You know, who knows? It's weird that it's after the spring game. So they've gone through all of, you know, spring practice and the spring game. Yeah. And now they're leaving. So is it like, were they being told that they were going to lose playing time? Uh, I'm not being a Michigan. I'm not being a Michigan guy, but you have to wonder, is there something going on in the locker room? You know, do some people not like playing for Mel Tucker? You know, you just have to wonder that stuff because, Coming off a five and seven year, these aren't the type of guys you want to lose. So, you know, I I think Tucker's, he's got a lot to prove. You know, he obviously had the one big year with Kenneth, Kenneth Walker, but he's got a lot to prove when, when you're losing guys like this. The thing that would make me extremely nervous if I'm a state fan about Tucker, outside of all the, you know, how he's at a new game sitting courtside with, you know, Versace on and, and chains <laughs> outside of that. It's just the fact that he has not been dominating the recruiting. Like I, a guy honestly expected, you know, I figured, Hey, maybe he won't be the greatest like in-game coach, but he will dominate the recruiting. You know, we saw the social media push the, the cars, the Lambos. He hasn't done that. I mean, Jim Harbaugh for as corny and as weird as he is, seems to be connecting with these kids mm-hmm. more than anyone else. And so it's just, it's crazy to me that what I would have hired this guy to do, he's struggling with. Yeah. And, and, and the Keon Coleman and Peyton Thorne, here's where I'm at. State fans, they turned their back on Peyton Thorne as soon as they started losing a game or two, I thought. Yeah. I always thought he was a good player. Ted, I know you're probably in agreement with me on this. I always thought he was pretty good. I, I kind of thought it was a little bit of shade thrown toward him that there, he walks into camp this year and it's, it's like a quarterback battle, three-way battle with these guys who have no experience. I, I took it as a slap in the face if I'm Peyton Thorne. So it's, I think he left and said, what the F am I doing battling this out? I'm a Peach Bowl winning quarterback without my stud running back in that game, and I'm here battling it out with this Kim kid. I'm out. And then I wouldn't be surprised if Keon Coleman said, you know what? My buddy Peyton Thorne's out. I'm out. Yeah. So I think that's what happened. You could be right. And I, I do agree with the point of I was going to ask. I mean, seemed to me going off my memory from last year, yeah, they were five and seven, but one of the few bright spots was – Peyton Thorne's play. I mean, I thought he played pretty well most of the season. And I agree. I mean, you you got a seasoned quarterback coming back. 
that knows this system and you know is is a pretty quality quarterback it, it had my head scratch and i understand about the young guy is this just a situation that tucker looks at it like Cade mcnamara and you know michigan went elsewhere there this guy that backs up thorn is that much better i don't know maybe i mean the one thing is and again this isn't michigan fandom coming out jj mccarthy was a five-star recruit so it was kind of like when he when he was coming in it was like you know this kid is going to take over at some point. Noah Kim wasn't. I mean, he was no. he was a fairly well-known recruit, but he was not on J.J. McCarthy's level. So right. for him to push Peyton Thorne out, I'm kind of with you guys. It's kind of like, dang, I mean, Peyton Thorne was kind of like your the stable thing yeah. of your offense right now, an experienced quarterback. I mean, you right. could really use that right now. And now you're what? You know Ohio State's always going to be good. Obviously, Michigan – is established right now. Iowa got Iowa got Cade McNamara, yeah. you know, so they might be improved, right? Penn State. And now you're gonna go to this quarterback who has no experience and you're coming off a five and seven year. I mean, it's kind of risky, but you know, they're they're paying Mel Tucker basically 10 mil a year to win some games. So I, I see some fans saying like this if if he doesn't have like a big 10 contending season, they're gonna fire him. You know, I'm, I'm not sure about that because he no. has a very, very large buyout and not that <laughs> Michigan State would struggle to pay the buyout. But, you know, you don't want to just all of a sudden fork over 80 million dollars to a guy that you're going to fire. But I mean, you know, here when you have Michigan going like this, you've got Ohio State always going like this. Penn State is who they are. You know, um, Wisconsin just hired Luke Fickle. So they're going to be good. Uh, Nebraska, who the heck did they they hire? They hired uh I'm blanking on who Nebraska hired, but they hired a coach that, you know, they're hoping rule, to improve. Matt Rule. Yeah. They, oh, yeah. Right. They brought in Matt Rule. So, you know, you're thinking that they're going to turn it around. So I this is might be a make make or break year for Mel Tucker, to be honest with you. But yeah, we'll see. I, I don't tuned. I saw that as well. And, and I don't agree. I, even yeah. if even like even if it was you know, even if we had no opinion on Mel Tucker, we just looked at his record. I mean, Peach Bowl champion at Michigan State, turn it around basically right away. COVID season, throw it out one bad year beat Michigan even in that COVID season beat Michigan twice fire him after a couple bad years now I don't I don't understand that unless it's a really season from hell this year like two three wins I, I don't understand how if you're a state fan you could want this guy gone already you invested too much in him uh to right. do that I mean remember you D'Antonio wanted to give you his opinion on who to hire and you kicked him to the curb so this is your guy this is what you wanted uh, yeah. One thing about Kim that bothered me that I saw soon as uh, Thorne announced that he was entering the portal, he tweeted out Spartan nation has a lot to look forward to believe it might not read like much, but I see that. And I think <laughs> I just, I don't like him. And, and here's what I'll say as a Michigan fan, <laughs> looking at this battle outside, you're telling me when we line up against Michigan state, whenever that matchup is and state has a schedule from hell. It, <laughs> I even wrote down some of them. I mean, Let's, let me read this off real quick. They have a season at, from absolutely hell this season. So Mel Tucker is going to have his work cut out for him. I mean, they still play Washington uh, out of conference and Penix Jr. is back. He could be one of the top quarterbacks yeah. taking next year in the draft. From there, you go to Maryland. Then you're at Iowa. Then a couple weeks later, you're at versus Michigan. Then you're versus Nebraska at Ohio State. You finish the season against Penn State. I mean, Ouch. it's a gauntlet. And it's all at the end of the season. But Noah Kim, I would think that Payton Thorne, uh, say what you will about whatever his stats was, 
you felt like he kind of had like some gunslinger Manziel, like kind of going to find a way to put some points on the board. And we saw it in the very first year against Michigan, pulled some plays out of his butt, had a few huge throws down the stretch, the big one to Speedy Naylor on the th- third or fourth and short. Uh, I, I just would rather see Noah Kim taking snaps than the third year starter, Peyton Thorne, which yeah. is now in the portal. So we don't got to worry about it. Absolutely. But he could still come back. Yeah. That's the thing to remember if no one That's bites true. on him. That's true. Do they ever, though? Do they ever come back once they go to the portal? I don't think Very so. Very rarely. They? Very rarely. Hey, you got to say that. As long as Dickinson, we just say that because Dickinson's <laughs> currently in the portal. So he, he can come go. back, man. There yeah. you go. There you go. All right. Should we should we move on to Tedertainment, or do you want to have a short chat about baseball or save that for the next podcast? Not much to say about baseball yeah. right now. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll, yeah, we'll I, I will it, say I'll, – I'll say this. I, I noticed uh, – <laughs> Not to take a shot at you, Jared. So, you know, in your in your Tigers preview, one big thing you said oh, was uh, Jonathan Scope had lost some yeah. weight. He was going to have a big year. I don't know currently, but a couple days ago I was watching him. He's, he was currently sitting at zero home runs, zero RBIs, and like a 125 batting average. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it hasn't been great. Uh, you know, you don't need me to sugar. There's no way to sugar go to it. It hasn't been great. <laughs> The good, and well, here's what's hilarious, man, about this rough start that the Tigers have had. It is the best start Hinge has had. And, you know, they've had injuries from hell. The the offense is, you know, basically last in the league as of now, despite a couple games where they've really got it rolling. I, with all that being said, they have the best start they've had under Hinge. So, and that's Luckily, including a season where they won 70 games. You know, it's not right. like they've all been 50 win seasons. I mean, so they're still treading water. That's all you can ask. Right. As long as, you know, they're, they're seven games under 500 right now. It hasn't looked pretty that they've scrapped together 10 wins somehow with everything you've said, Matt. Uh, one of their key guys they thought we we're going to see a little bit more from has been struggling, but Hey, they found a way. I, I can't mock it too much. Maybe in a week, there'll be 15 games below 500. But <laughs> as of now, they're within striking distance of the AL central. I, I will say, say this: the, a- yeah. the AL central is really bad. So. That's, that's the whole key right there. I will say this. And I've watched the, my fair share of Tiger baseball this year, which surprised me a little bit. There's something about the team. They're kind of lovable. You know, I mean, they're, they're, they're <laughs> scrappy. There's, there's some guys you don't really know much about, but they, they, they go to work every day, you know, and they're right. trying. So I, you got to give them credit for that. I think. Yeah. I saw someone throw out and I, I'm curious what you guys think. Someone, someone threw out the idea that they should buy out, Miguel Cabrera of the rest of his contract and just basically send him packing. Mm. Do you guys see that? I mean, cause as much as we love Miggy and honestly, he's probably my second favorite player ever behind Barry Bonds. He is, he is just a complete shell of himself. I mean, he almost doesn't, he, I know he's had a couple of actually pretty big hits here yeah. and there, but game yeah, he's got a walk off already. Right, he's got a walk off. With Miggy. He, I, I, sorry to cut you off, Matt. Hey. I just, He's got a lifetime contract. I mean, right. you triple crown winner, Hall of Famer. You, yeah. you know, I we we only seen so many of them walk through uh, Tiger Stadium or Comeric Park's uh, fences. He's got a lifetime contract, and here's what I loved, and and, I, and this was big, obviously, when he had the walk off hit. I mean, he didn't play that game. Hinch just said, uh, "I have a triple crown winner, Hall of Fame player on my bench. So let's just pinch hit him with a mm-hmm. with a runner on second. Let's win this right. game right now." Uh, so, in that sense, like if he's not playing every single day, you know, we're using him in, in special moments. He's having this big you know, kind of celebratory tour. I, I, I'm I'm for it. It's yeah. cool seeing everyone giving him the love he deserves. And if I'm Hinch, I love the idea that I have that guy sitting on the dugout two games a series that I can just pull off uh, whenever we need a clutch hit. Because say what you will, even with his numbers this year, in a clutch situation, 
who would you rather have out there, man? I mean, just to get a single, you know, yeah. you, you just, I, I, there's not really any, many other, other guys in the league, man. Yeah. yeah. Let him ride it out for sure. You know, I mean, he's earned it and uh, no cap in baseball really. So, you know, if you set him on the bench, play him periodically, I I'm all for it. You know, let him get his farewell yep. tour because he's definitely, he's, he's the greatest tiger hitter I've ever seen. It, you know, and I'm an Al Kaline guy, but best hitter it, for the tigers I've ever seen. Yeah. He, I mean, I know you're, I know you're Mr. Tiger guy. He's Michael Caprera is 10 times the hitter he ever was. Hall of Famer, 10 times. I mean, best season you've ever seen from a hitter on insane. Uh, but what I will just say, the last thing we can say on the Tigers, just leave it on a positive note. I will agree with you. They are very lovable, Ted. I mean, Jake Rogers, I was uh, working on the piece where he basically is a 90s baseball, uh, 90s trivia. And he hit every answer. I'm like dying laughing watching this thing, man. Every answer is just hilarious. He's He's got the, the you know, Fu Manchu mustache. Oh, yeah. Uh, just, just the all-time character. Yeah. Go they, Tigers. Yeah. All right. Well, let's have let's end the thing here with a little entertainment tonight right after this. Looking to buy items online? Go to CRAuctions.com. All you need to do is download the app to your phone or computer and start buying and selling today. CRAuctions.com will market your items all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy something, we can help with that too. Just go to CRAuctions.com. Search our inventory and place your bid. Plus, there are online auctions for farm machinery, firearms, automobiles, and truckloads of overstocked items. It's fast, it's easy, and you will get results. Get the app and check out CRAuctions.com today. All right, I'll start it off a little bit down because I, you know how I like my documentaries. And I might have mentioned that I started watching this a while back, but I finished... Uh, the Ken Burns PBS documentary, The U.S. and the Holocaust, and oh, holy yeah. cow, wow. I mean, you you know, you forget what happened in this society of ours, and I'm watching this thing, and it was so sad. Everybody knows what the Holocaust was all about, but Burns goes so in-depth with right. every detail, you know, on how it all set up, how it was, how it was made to happen, how the U.S. actually, frankly, kind of, just kind of turned their back a little bit on right. it until it was till they had a jump in. Uh, very well done. You know, if, if you if you're into history and you're you want to see what happened, what really happened during the Holocaust and how it even kind of ties into what's going on today. Because you know, I don't want to get all dramatic. And you guys know how I've made comments about here. I am 66 years old, and I don't know if I've ever seen what's going on out there in the world. But you look back to World War II and all that happened with Japan and Germany, and now you look at, well, you got Russia and you got North Korea. It's scary. And, and yeah. what do they say? I mean, if you don't learn from history, you're not learning anything. And yeah. we're just set up right now. It, it, it scares the hell out of me. I know you guys are younger, but I sit back and look at how things are going in the world, just ref reflecting back on this, you know, three-part documentary yeah. on the Holocaust. It just, it's scary. It I, pre I appreciate you making that statement. I'm just going to keep the vibes high. I mean, okay. with the Lions recent draft, I'm on the brink. So <laughs> listen, so it's funny you say that about Ken Burns. I literally had a conversation with my coworker who was telling me like, I had never seen any Ken Burns documentaries, never seen one. Mm -hmm. And he was telling me like how I need to watch this baseball, Ken Burns oh. baseball documentary. Oh man. So it's just, it's very 
I feel very like uh, I need to just go stop what I'm doing and go watch this documentary because Ken Burns just got mentioned to me two hours ago. You bring it up. Uh, yeah. And I mean, U.S. Holocaust. I, I love World War Two, man. Sounds like the next thing I'm going to watch. Honestly, it might have a review for you next week. It is depressing. I mean, right. obviously depressing. <laughs> I was going to say that that topic in general is just I can't think of another word except like heavy. That's yeah, just yeah. such a heavy topic. Yes, it is. Um, well, fascinating, you know, though. I don't know what it is about I, more than any other war. Or, how right, did it happen? You know, like racism against the Jewish population in Europe. I mean, Hitler just stirred everybody up, man. Which, you know, like you said, is sadly kind of similar to some of the stuff that's going on right now, even yeah. even in this country. Maybe not to that extreme, obviously, but, right. you know, and, and you know with, with a topic like that, Ken Burns is going to knock it out of the park not to use a baseball analogy but um you know it's going to be very well done it's going to be top notch and like you said it's super fascinating i i would be very interested in watching that i feel like you almost have to be in the right frame of mind you do to watch it because it's man, like parts, i said it's or how many parts is it three parts three two hours uh, it's a six so hour six series. hours yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you're not watching that in one sitting. Otherwise, no. you're going to be as depressed as you've ever been in your life, probably. But, you know, the baseball documentary, I did. I, I actually met him. He came to ESPN's campus That's a while awesome. back and they did a, a viewing of it for like there was only like 40 of us. And then he he sat and like had a, a Q&A with everyone. And, you know, it was very intimate or whatever. He super nice guy. Have you 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 know the Ken Burns effect, Jared? When you what? edit video, when you edit video and you take photos and you go in, zoom in out, on it, yeah, in then out. Oh, that's, that's that's the Ken I hear Burns that all the time. I guess I didn't know that's that's kind of funny. That that's his effect. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I, I've always heard that phrase, but I never, I always forget it after somebody tells it to me. But yeah, so all all his docs have the same narrator, Peter Cayo. Yeah. It's it's a distinctive a legend legend and the music that they put into it also legendary uh, what i really got hooked in was uh the civil war doc which was i heard okay. that's his best doc yeah yeah it's it's hard to believe but i mean that's the definitive history i think of the civil war so if you get a chance man just start knocking out some ken burns documentaries but you can't go wrong you know how you right. said you at the very let's bring it full circle how you said you learn from watching stuff i mean that's that's yeah. your your spitting poetry right now with these ken burns documentaries i might need to go to tv school and watch every single one of them there you go well, uh, where so go a lot of his things are pbs but where are they on netflix or like where do you find them I, well i think you can actually get them on online on pbs i don't think you have oh, okay. to subscribe I, I think you can get them there yeah because yeah, like, i do I, I do it the old school way i'll I, I scan the dial and say oh that looks interesting and i just record it yeah <laughs> Uh, speaking of that, I, I came across one. I mean, you guys will be out on this, I'm sure, but it, it piqued my interest. My wife also is a Wizard of Oz fan. So there was an American Experience documentary on PBS about the life of author L. Frank Baum, who wrote the book, The Wizard of Oz. And Why does this movie never stop having like spinoffs and stories and documentaries? And it, what is it about it? I, it, it always just it's, it always it scared me when I was a kid, to be honest. Yeah. But it's, it's just it's just off putting. It's, it's well, it's weird. a piece of history. It's a piece of history. You know, when they made it in 1939, it, it was probably the best movie that year, other than Gone with the Wind, that blew everybody away. But uh, what made The Wizard of Oz 
such a such a pop culture thing in 1953 for the first time ever it was played on television and cbs bought the rights to it and think about this guys there was like three or four channels when i was a kid growing up cbs owned the rights to the wizard of oz every springtime it would come on once a year you got a chance to see the wizard of oz and it was must see must see tv i mean it really was ask your dad and mom that i mean i'm not kidding you when the wizard of oz came on it was uh it was gather the kids in front of the tv you know that is it that's just it's so crazy to think about how different it is now and then you know that was a while ago now to you know it's not like one of those like that was just yesterday no that's been a while ago now but to think like what so you probably had you you saw that, that it was airing in the paper so you everyone would probably and i'm not trying to or make commercials no commercials that'd be a oh, commercial okay. on yeah, tv guess... saying hey tune in sunday night to the wizard of oz i you tell know? you what it is no surprise those guys are lining up to go to world war ii man to fight the nazis with that like no wonder there's no oh my that it might have been worse at home in this in your world where at on sunday prime time your whole family would gather around the whole country and watch that horrendous movie no, uh, that, that... You really think that's a horrendous movie? I, seriously, when you look at the whole the whole way it's laid. Listen out, for the listen. time period; it's it's awesome. But for me, watching it in 2005 when I'm seven years old and <laughs> and there's who knows what on the TV, like what it just it just is always blowing my mind. I can okay. appreciate it, but it's it's overkill. It's yeah. a solid flick, but like what there's a documentary about this thing every year that you tune into. <laughs> so I just, it's just, I, I, I mean, I would love to know how many there has been over the years, just pieces of, there's more history written about this than maybe all of World War II. Yeah. It's probably, it, it's probably all everything Ted, Ted said. It's just like, if you made that movie nowadays, yeah, it probably would be laughable, but it's the, it's the historical part of it too. Yeah. That, you know, especially that generation, that's like their favorite movie. I mean, I remember watching it as a kid and, and I liked it. I, I, there definitely were some kind of scary parts, you know, you know, as a kid when you're watching it. But oh, that witch, the wicked witch, the witch man. was scary, right? The but, scariest character ever, I think, in a movie. I think. Yeah, wasn't it one of the first movies ever, like in color? Was I it think. Gone with the Wind? Yeah. That it was in color. Technicolor. I think so. Yeah, yeah. 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 It I, started out in black and white when they were in Kansas. You know, the old Dust right. Bowl, the tornado, and then she shows up to Oz and it's color. That was one thing I did learn in college. <laughs> so that's awesome. Um, <laughs> like media history class. Yeah. Uh, no, I, no. So that those are your two big wrecks of the week. I mean, I tell you what, you had a good solid segment this week. I got one more because okay. I, I told you I was going to give you a classic film pick of the week. Okay. So that wasn't uh, so, Wizard of Oz. All right. No, no. But the, the, the cool the, the film pick of the week. This is called Cool Hand Luke. Have you heard of that oh, one? Oh yeah. Paul Newman in Paul his Newman. prime. Uh, it was a prison movie, and I'm just saying, Jared. I don't know. Do you ever watch older movies and and get an appreciation for them? The way they're put together, the acting, the writing. Oldest movie I've watched that I probably said that that was a good flick. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, The Godfather. Those almost don't count. I mean, the star power, the writing, it's like a period piece. It's perfect. Holds Uh, up. Yes. But I would say outside of that, like, uh, I don't remember when this movie came out. Maybe it's even older than The Godfather. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Honestly, a solid flick. Watched it maybe three, four years ago with my pops on a board night. Great Um, Great I mean, it's good because of Nicholson. I mean, Mm -hmm. him at that point in his career, one of the all-time greats, man, a legend. Uh, But that's one I will say I appreciate. That's a good flick. Okay. 
I didn't know if you liked any of them that are considered classics from the day, but Cool Hand Luke made in 1967. If you do ever come across it, I'm going to give you a recommendation. You won't go wrong. I mean, it's, it's a little dated, but very, very well done. I, I thought the acting was great. And uh, Paul Newman, you know, he's one of the great actors of all time. He carried that film and he was in his prime. So Matt, Matt, did you ever watch the movies like that? Like Wizard of Oz? Was that something you guys watched? Or is well, that just was, my Yeah, because like, my, my, my dad generation. was yeah, my dad was really big into movies. So we would watch some of those, you know, kind of older movies. Like he would record them on VHS or whatever. And um then we would we would watch them back. Not a ton though. Like he was big in Clint Eastwood. So I feel like he had like every Clint Eastwood movie. Obviously, we watched like all the Rocky movies and um, I'm trying to think some old, like never ending story was a big one. That was really creepy. Um, so no, did, he, like did I, he have the Clint Eastwood spaghetti Westerns or more like uh dirty Harry? All of them. I'm pretty okay. sure he had all of them. I mean, we, as kids, we probably didn't watch all of them, you know, right. but yeah, he was a big Clint Eastwood guy. So I do remember those being on sometimes, but you know, not necessarily like all the Paul Newman ones or all like John yeah. Wayne movies or, Mm-hmm. You know, all of uh, Alf- Alfred Hitchcock's movies, you know, we weren't watching like those kind of ones. I did end up watching some of those in in college, but I, I can I can see an appreciation for them. But I'm going to be honest, I appreciate your recommendation for Cool Hand Luke. I'm probably not going to spend <laughs> two hours watching it because um, I, I know if I, <laughs> no, I just no, know I, I probably mean, would not be that interested. In <laughs> but no, I probably that's okay because we're the yeah. three generations. So, you know, I also throw these things out there for some of the elderly that do listen I to think our podcast that are my thing, age group. Last thing before we wrap. Yeah. Um, you're, what would you say a classic movie is? Like, you got to set, I think now that this is a rec- recurring segment mm-hmm. and you have a classic movie every week, I think we need to establish like how, how new can a movie be before it's not classic anymore? Where's your cutoff? Yeah, because I, I was going to say, because what, what's kind of crazy to me now is like some of the music that I grew up with is now on classic rock radio stations. Right. So, yeah, like where where does a classic movie fall? Like, because you could almost say late, late 80s, early 90s movies being right. 30 plus years old now. Is that a classic? Or well, are you saying let, like, let's break it down then a little bit here, because, you know, uh, I would say a movie like. Since he's been in the news lately, Michael J. Fox, Back to the Future. I mean, that's that's a classic <laughs> movie, classic. wouldn't you say? Yeah, and those are those are three of my favorite movies movies ever. I, I love that trilogy, and yeah, I would say they're classics now because yeah, they're thirty plus years old. Do, right. Now, I guess I will say was was that was the intention of the segment to be just a throwback movie, like it could even be you know whatever Dark Knight in two thousand eight. Or was it okay? So I was to say, do we want to near? I I don't know if I need to hear Cool Hand Luke reviews every week so i think maybe for us standing, yeah, we well say it's look if you want to do the work and throw something out feel free i don't care I mean, we, we could always we could always all come to the table with one because I, okay. I would say you know a movie like jaws that would that would definitely be in the classic i would realm, say so i think yep. you know the rocky movies would probably yep. fall the, the older rocky movies you know would fall into that well why don't you we're all three different generations right cool hand luke or maybe like i would go like to 72 was the godfather i would look myself somewhere in the 70s and maybe 60s is where i would look most of the time i mean one of the all-time classic movies i'm sure neither one of you guys would ever have any uh 
any thoughts to watch, but probably been rated the greatest movie ever made, Citizen Kane. Yeah. You know, right? right? But I, I watched just, that. I did watch that in college. That was one the one that we watched. And again, it was one of those. It, I can see the value in it. I can see why it is considered maybe the best movie ever. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I'm probably never going to watch it again. You know, I'm not going to. Right on my own spend two hours watching it i did see it i appreciate it for what it was but now for me say the back to the future movies or some of the movies in the late 80s early 90s that maybe like were nostalgic for me as a kid i will definitely rewatch those okay but you know to go back and so you yeah, have no interest old... in going into history and watching these movies, right? No, yes, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, it depends. Like 1980, man. Even like a, a Rocky, I don't really feel any need to go back and watch, watch Rocky. And that was in no. the 80s, right? Early 80s? 76. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I would say that's maybe like once you get to 1980 and above, that's that's probably the latest I would ever go back to watch anything. I don't okay. care right. how good it is. Except for Godfather. Yeah. yeah, those are, I, I don't know, They those are, they truly, there's a reason they're remembered as maybe the best ever. And, and Timeless. I probably would be surprised uh, with some of those older movies like Cool and Luke. Are you uh, a Star Wars I mean, guy? I like Star, yeah. I, I don't love the originals. They have to be retouched. I can't watch, you know, when the saber's like off of their, you know, broomstick <laughs> in the original and stuff like that. <laughs> right. Well, one other one I'll just throw out, it just popped in my mind kind of along the line since Lucas was involved, uh, American Graffiti. Have you seen that one? No. Okay, I would Bits put that pieces, in the cl- not the whole thing. Classic movie for sure. You know, gives yep. you the kind of the nostalgia of what it was like in the uh, in the fifth, late fifties, early sixties, whenever it took place. Really well done. Great music soundtrack. Uh, American Graffiti is definitely up on the list. And again, that was made in I don't know mid seventies. So I'll see. Yeah. I mean, it's been the ultimate upset that I, I like baseball now and I watch it a lot. So uh, crazier things have happened is, is what I'm saying. So, yeah. I mean, maybe as that's one thing is when I know I'm getting old, I'll like baseball. Now, now I'll start watching these Ken Burns documentaries. <laughs> Good. I mean, you got to watch field of dreams. You've got to watch dreams. dreams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Check it out. Well, I've just, I'm just watching uh, again, the natural. So it's a good one. It is a good one. Redford was good in that. All right. Well, I think we've had a good entertainment segment. Yeah. Uh, more homework for you guys now. You come come to the table with your classic pick of the week from your era. Yeah. <laughs> little challenge. Sounds good. All right. Pull that off. It's crazy. I just looked up. Jaws came out in 1975. That's that's crazy. Right. That's I love that movie. Oh, it was awesome. That was was that that was one of Spielberg's early ones too. Yeah. Wasn't it? That's what helped yeah. make his name. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, well, let's uh, let's call it a night, guys. Maybe watch the end of this basketball game. This has been the Three Point Podcast presented by Memorial Healthcare's Now Community Wellness Center and SkyMint Cannabis. SkyMint Cannabis, farm to stash, grown right here in Michigan, over 20 locations in the state. Check out the SkyMint Reserve. Also, check out their Michigan's Best Bundles for deals on flower vapes, pre-rolls, edibles, and extracts. Ounces as low as 49 bucks. For more details, and if you're over 21, go online at skymit.com. Sign up for their rewards program. Also, Memorial Healthcare's Wellness Center was just there today. Swimming lessons are underway. Give them a call. Find out how to get in line for May lessons for your youngster or even yourself. Flexibility training now available for purchase at the front desk. 55-minute session, now 50% off. And, of course, as always, part of your membership, use of the SkyTrack locker rooms, private showers, steam rooms, 
you know, just keep those towels on, fellas. And for more details, follow and like them on Facebook at Memorial Wellness Center or get more info online at memorialhealthcare.org. I also want to thank our great local partners, AZ Printing Solutions, which just in there today, Capital Sports Fieldhouse, CR Auctions, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. Give us a follow on the socials at Three Point Pod. And we did follow through. We are uh, now verified on Twitter. So we get to get our message out there even uh, further to all our uh, friends out there, right? Yeah, I think our our NFL draft round one videos like up over ten thousand views or something. Not bad, not bad. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, and again, if you have uh, rebuttals, you know, hit us up on the socials, or if you want to record a little video to send to us, send it by email at threepointpod at gmail That's it. Peace and love. Be kind. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hey gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan Chapter, serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. Three Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan Three Point Podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to Three Point Pod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.